Welcome to Better Odds Sports Betting. Here's our host, Kev O'Neill and Kyle Hunter. Welcome back to Better Odds Sports Betting. My esteemed colleague is back in the flesh. Bengals fan with the Bengals hat, praying for Super Bowl appearances. Mr. Kyle Hunter, how are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing well. Uh, good to be back here. And uh, I'm hoping the Bengals do a little better than the heartbreak from the Buckeyes. And and then also, Ohio State's basketball team didn't help anything last night. So hopefully, uh, the Bengals can do better. My rooting interests haven't gone great here lately. Yeah, totally, man. I, I, I hope so. Um, I'm actually believe it or not, move the Bengals all the way up in my power ratings uh, to number one. So um, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, they turn out well. And um, I, I think they have a good shot at the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, they might have two road games. So that's the that's the big thing going on here. I'm getting an echo here. So why don't you uh, uh, talk a little bit about your thoughts about the Bengals and I'll come in and out. Okay. Um, I Hopefully the echo is not from my end, but uh, I'll talk here about the Bengals here for a second. Uh, Bengals, I wasn't thrilled with the whole coin flip thing. I know the Bengals uh, players weren't thrilled about that. I know they have kind of a chip on their shoulder at this point. Um, Burrow's so solid. Uh, that's a, It's a good Bengals team. Bengals made a run to the Super Bowl last year. I think this year's team is better than last year. That doesn't mean that they'll get to the Super Bowl. Their path is certainly very tough, but... The Bengals look like a very tough team here so far this year. I think uh, I think this is a uh, situation where we've got an NFL playoffs where the AFC is so much more difficult than the uh, NFC. The NFC teams have a pretty big advantage over the AFC teams based on uh, how many of the AFC teams are, are definitely possible to win it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the unfortunate part is – the AFC is just stronger than the NFC. Let's let's face it. I mean, the Chiefs, <laughs> the Bills. You know, I mean, it, it, it's tough. Um, you know, under that, it gets a little bit hairy, of course. But uh, you know, just those three teams: Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals are uh, the top of my power ratings. They're all AFC teams, really. And and uh, it, it goes Bengals, Chiefs, and Bills right now for me. But um, you know, then they, you got the Eagles there and a couple others uh, filtering their way down. But it's a massive weekend, Kyle, and I got to tell you, um, I'm excited. Uh, there's been lots of news coming on uh, for uh, potential injuries, and we've seen some of that. We've seen some serious line moves. There's been assumptions made with Tua, and, and some of those assumptions were unfortunately wrong for some of us. But, um, you know, let's get into that first game, and I'm going to share my uh, screen here. Uh, I've got the Bet Fred odds here showing the San Francisco uh, versus the Seattle hosting Seattle minus nine and a half. The totals minus uh, over 42 and a half minus 110 on each side. Kyle, a uh, little rainy on this game, isn't it? I'm going to let you get started on your quick thoughts on this one. Yeah. I mean, this isn't an exciting game. I don't think we could say this one's exciting. I kind of wish the Lions had gotten in. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I like the way the Lions were playing at the end of the season. Uh, that would have excited me a bit more than, Seattle getting in. Seattle was really fortunate to get into this game. I don't know how uh, that that one call where it was, uh, I think it was Jalen Ramsey got called for the uh, late hit or, or personal foul of some kind there on a kind of wacky play. 
I think um, Seattle's offense was so much better early in the season. Uh, Geno Smith has not played very well at the end of the season. I'll tell you what I like in this game, and I, I see the number has come down as far as a player prop. I like Geno Smith passing yards under, uh, thinking that he's going to have a tough time in the wind and rain. Um, this total's come down a little bit too. I think that's justified. Uh, it was 43 down to 42 and a half or 42. Um, it, we see weather report looking like 55 degrees, maybe about 15 miles per hour wind. Not a horrible weather, but certainly not what you're used to in a game in Santa Clara. Um, this has been a field that's been pretty good to the under in general uh, based on the the uh, grass turf uh, situation there. So um, I, I would definitely uh, think San Francisco should win this game. Now, nine and a half points is a pretty big number laying with uh, Brock Purdy. I don't know what to do with the side, so I'm curious to see what you think on this one. Yeah, I was tough on this one, too, because my number's around, like, 8.75 on this game, you know, very close to what it is just based on performance. Now I did bet Seattle in Seattle against Brock Purdy trying to fade the young quarterback. And I was unfortunately on the wrong end of that. And a, a really ugly fumble that Seattle uh, did probably the end of the second half took me out of that one. It was a, a score on the fumble. So it was at least a seven point swing on that one. That, I don't trust young quarterbacks in the playoffs ever, um, and that's a massive problem. I would not be shocked if Seattle is in this game. Now, the way to ugly this game up for Seattle is to play like a Tennessee Titans type of game, ugly it up by running the ball. You got one of the best rushers, Walker. They're 4.8 rushing yards per attempt. You know, and it's not like the Niners have that much of a weakness, but maybe you can get that extra push, a couple fourth down conversions, slow this game down. And then on defense, there's only one thing you can do against Brock Purdy, and that's stack the box and double up on Kittle because at least you're doubling up the biggest and best receiver. You have the safety over the top. So you make, it's almost like the way you play Tom Brady. You, you make Purdy beat you by throwing to the receivers. Now, if he can get it to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, you got to tip your hat to him because that's your only chance of beating them because they're going to run all over you if you don't stack that box. And uh, Kittle's going to be wide open, big body. Uh, second best tight end in the league, in my opinion. So that's the path to victory. But I don't trust Pete Carroll because when I first uh, saw this, them play each other, what did he do? He dropped Geno Smith in five and seven step uh, drops, which take, you know, three to five seconds sometimes to develop a pass. He's getting sacked and fumbling by that point, Kyle. Um, so I, I don't trust Pete Carroll doing the right thing in this situation. But one thing I did is a very, very contrarian play, and it's a prop play. Everyone's saying Geno Smith is going to throw an interception in this game. Well, I look back, and he threw one against the Niners last game, but he didn't throw one the first game against the Niners. He's only thrown nine interceptions throughout the year, so his odds, if you say nine divided by 17, is around 53%. Well, I found some big plus money on it in the plus 134 range, of him not to throw an interception. My contrarian view on that, Kyle, is that this is such a big game for Seattle. He's going to try to control the ball a lot more and be a lot safer in his throws. I don't think he's going to be loose and get completely embarrassed like he was last game. So the fact that he threw an interception last game, the fact that he knows what he's up against, I'm actually going to go on the no, which is kind of crazy, but it's not often when you get big plus money on the no for throwing interceptions. 
What's the price on the now there? Uh, if you shop around, I found it at 134 plus 134. Can't blame you with that big of plus money. A lot of times you're going to see, you know, even money or something like that. Um, you would hope that they take some safe passes in the in the wind and rain in a game like this and probably run the football quite a bit. So I don't hate that. I also like the, the Geno Smith under on passing yards. So we've got a couple props we like in this one. Yeah, and, and both could work together if he's sure. not throwing the ball a lot. Like he's they're playing like they're supposed to be playing. You know, that's uh, that could correlate a little bit, and that's just all up to Pete Carroll. Now, um, what I will say is, I did see it, there is weakness with the Niners, and it's their secondary. And Kansas City exposed it. I am wondering if DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett might be a little bit of a sneaky uh, wild card in this one. Uh, can Geno Smith get the ball to them without throwing a pick? I hope so, but man. I see potential ways that Seattle could be in this game. If this got to 10, Kyle, I think I'm playing Seattle uh, just based upon the size of the game, Brock Purdy in the playoffs. Geno Smith's not a playoff quarterback, but he's been there a lot longer. So that that would be my lean for now. I, I could see it. I don't think I can bet that. Um, Anoop, thanks for tuning in here from London. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. If you guys have any questions, you can put those in the chat as well. Um, I don't think I can take Seattle in this one. I also think Shanahan's such a good coach. Um, he's a good guy to have as the uh, kind of quarterback whisperer for a guy like Brock Purdy. Not saying Purdy's tremendous or anything, but I think it helps him a lot that he has a coach like Shanahan. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it's going to be tough to come up with our most likely dog to win outright. We might have to uh, switch it over to hoops for that, but we'll see what we come up with at the end of uh, this show. Uh, Chargers, Jacksonville, uh, share my screen. You're looking at this price has been locked in at two and a half for about a day and a half, two days. There was some Jacksonville money that pushed it down some. And then the Chargers money that pushed it back up was a little bit a head scratcher for me because you got Mike Williams that didn't play uh, or that still is questionable as he was before. Now, Kyle, I don't think we need to get in the discussion of how stupid uh Brandon Staley was last week in uh, starting. I, I, I think he's probably gotten beat up enough by uh, media members. <laughs> I think Williams is – I think the re recent update in the last few minutes is Williams is out for this game. Well, there you go, and, and I'm shocked that it hasn't uh, affected it. Now, if you like this teaser leg, I do. Um, <laughs> Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to throw away that game – uh, last week, you got two division teams playing for this situation. Dobbs actually had a decent game, minus his fumbling. Tennessee outgained him. Trevor Lawrence had a bad game. I just look at this game as two pretty bad defenses. Jacksonville's defense looks a little bit better than what they shown, but the Chargers are like fourth to last in giving up yards per play at five point nine. You know, the good news for this game is you're going to get decent weather in Jacksonville. It's not looking like it's too windy. Um, I think that both of these teams, being that they don't face each other a lot, um, are, should, should be able to kind of find holes in each other's defenses. And uh, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's just doing a fantastic job this year. But you also got to give the nod to uh, Herbert because Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. Uh, I think that he's had a tough with a lot of injuries to guys like Mike Williams, you know, guys like Everett, you know, guys that – He's had to rely on, but the Chargers are a pretty strong team. I like the over. Um, I took the over at 47. It's at 47 and a half right now. I still would endorse that over just because of how volatile these teams are and the way that they play. 
Um, it's going to be a lot of offense. I don't think it's going to be a lot of defense, Kyle. So let's see what your thoughts are, if you would dis- disagree or agree. Um, I don't disagree, but I, I worry about Williams being out because Herbert's numbers are a lot worse uh, without Williams on the field. Um, I think I kind of like Jacksonville uh, in this game. Uh, this is one where uh, Jacksonville has been very inconsistent. So it's hard to really be excited to bet Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's upside is pretty high. Um, Lawrence didn't play well at all last week. Like you said, if you if you look at last week, you'd be really worried to bet Jacksonville in this game. But I think the Titans are a well-coached team. Vrabel's good at, at getting the most out of his team. Like you said, Dobbs actually played pretty well for the majority of that game. I think my favorite bet in this game is Jacksonville. I'm surprised the line's still at two and a half here. Um, like you said, it's going to be tough to pick the the underdogs this week. We might have to change it to two and a half or bigger for the for the underdog. Because um, I don't know which dog that's a big dog I think really can win outright this weekend. I think that'd be really tough. Um, I agree. But yeah, Let, as far as as, the, as far as the total, I mean, you, so you took over 47. Um, the thing that's a positive here is both teams play really quickly. I think the Chargers are first in the, the NFL in tempo, so there'll be plenty of snaps here. Um, I don't know if I can take the over because uh, Staley's done a good job with the defense. Uh, we could easily bash Staley for a lot of things, but he has a pretty good defensive mind. So um, I'm going to be neutral on that total. I don't think I will place a bet on this game. No, no, fair enough. I, I love Jacksonville as a teaser leg, so I am teasing Jacksonville. If it was at the three, it's a bet, and that's what I said in our show, um, theoddsbreakers.com, earlier this week. I, I love Jacksonville. If it's a three, it's a bet, but right now it's just a perfect teaser, and there's a couple good partners that we're going to get into. So Jaden has the 49ers in the over, and he's got this six-leg parlay. So uh, Chargers uh, over on the Bills, Vikings to win, Bengals uh, minus six and a half, Cowboy. Hey, good luck, Jaden. I, I, I never want to see parlays lose. I always want to see the sports books lose. Even our buddies at Betfred, uh, we, we need to see them lose too. So uh, Jaden, I wish you best luck on that parlay. Um, Anoop Jethwa said that uh, from London, said Christian Kirk will have a big game. I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's going to be a lot of throwing. Um, I think there's holes all over that J- defense, especially since J.C. Jackson has uh, been gone. So um, I, I think Christian Kirk uh, will have a massive game. So uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I also think maybe a Trevor Lawrence fumble prop could be <laughs> involved too because that dude, if he does anything, he, he tends to not see the uh, pressure coming from the back. And if Bose is playing – you know, he could possibly whack that ball out as well. So a uh, formal prop would be interesting to look at. Yeah, uh, uh, Christian Kirk, about 55 and a half, 56 and a half yards. Anoop, I don't mind a uh, Christian Kirk over on receiving yards. Maybe if I do get a little action as this game, I think it probably would be on a prop. All right, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are now 13 and a half on BetFredSports.com. The total is 43 0.5. Oh man, this, this keeps climbing up and up. Um, I'm going to be honest. I took a bad number on Miami. I really thought this would be the point that Tua would play. Um, it, you know, there's been a lot of comparisons with Herbert by Miami fans, not everybody else. But now it's kind of like I, I thought to myself, and I made a bad call because which doctor is going to clear Tua? You know, especially with how hard the media has come down. And but here's a couple of ways that. I think that I still could be in this thing. 
even though the Buffalo Bills might be playing for Hamlin, and I'm so happy that he's okay. God bless that guy. He's back, and he's, he won the, give, uh, the game of life, uh, and he's going to hype this team up. But they still have problems on the secondary. You know, a lot of people look at, you know, what Miami's quarterback from Kansas State has done. I, his name kind of just – Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson, that's right. He has had some bad games. Two of them were against the Jets. But here's the thing. The Jets have a much better secondary right now, in my opinion, than the Bills. You know, um, I, I think because of Micah Hyde and Hamler. Now, is Hyde coming back? I don't know. He's really close to coming back. It'd be, it should be helpful. So they possibly can go over the top. But one thing that I did like is Mike McDaniel kind of figured out how to play with this team by running the ball. Uh, Mostert is banged up. He broke his thumb. I don't know if he plays, but they at least have Jeff Wilson over there. I mean, if they can ugly this game up a little bit and stick with it, the Bills, if any team on a double-digit lead, has been the chokers this year because I burned a few tickets of them, uh, you know, letting teams back in the game, Vikings, Packers. There's plenty other times that they should have put away teams and they did it. So you're having a monster spread right here. What I did, Kyle, is I bought the Bills over team total at 27.5, paid a little extra juice on it, but I did it for the same size bet as I put on Miami at, at 11. You know, I think this could get massively out of hand, too. I don't I don't see the Bills being stopped. I think the weather is good in this game. Miami's defense has been absolutely putrid. They've lost so many guys to injury this year. Uh, this should be a free-for-all on the offense of Buffalo Bills. Can Miami keep up with them? We'll see. But that's how I approach this game, Kyle. What are your thoughts? Tough game. Really tough game. Um, probably if I had to bet one – if I had to bet all the games except for one, this would be the one I'd want to pass on. Um, as far as the spread here, 13 and a half. I mean, just a massive number. Uh, Skylar Thompson, I'm just looking at his passing yards prop, and it's 174 and a half. I knew it would be really low, but uh, I mean, that's that's about as low as you'll ever see for an NFL I don't think he's thrown that many yards in these games he started yet. I was going to say, I think I'd still take the under, to be fair. And, and <laughs> Like you said, I think Miami would really want to run the ball uh, try to play keep away if they can slow this game down. Uh, I don't I don't know what to bet on this game, so I, I think we should just kind of move on and talk about games I think have more value. Yeah, let's pass on this one then. Giants, Vikings, Vikings minus three. Here comes the juice a little bit on this side of the Vikings. Let's take a look at it. We're at minus 115 on the Giants, I should say. Sorry, not the Vikings. Looks like some money comes in on the dog. Kyle, why don't you start with this one? We have a total of 48 points. All right, so here's my issue with this game, Kiev. If you told me before the playoffs, which teams do you want to fade? The number one team I would say would have been the Vikings. Probably number two or three would have been the Giants. Um, given that we're getting three points with the Giants, and I, I really like Dayball. I think he's done such a good job with this team. I tend to want to take the Giants and the points here because I really don't trust that Minnesota defense at all. I think they're very, very weak. Um, we know that Minnesota has that winning record, and I've seen all the social media back and forth between like the Vikings fans and the analytics guys. You know, Vikings fans like look at our record. The analytics are like they're overrated. Um, I do think they're overrated. They probably got about as good a matchup as they could get in the first game. I don't even know if they can win this game. I, I still like the Giants a bit here. I think they have the better coach. 
Um, you know, I think Dayball's able to help them enough. I don't think Daniel Jones is that good, but Dayball's good at game planning, putting him in a good position. Uh, the Giants' defense isn't very good, but it's better than the Vikings' defense. Uh, you're giving me three points. Uh, I, I would take the Giants if I had to take a side here. Now, I'm curious your thought on the total as well. 48. I took the over when these two played in the regular season. It did win. Um, I'm a little worried to take an over 48 in the playoffs. I also think that the Giants might want to kind of run the ball quite a bit here, play slowly. So I'm curious your take on the total as well. That's a tough one. I, I Let me see what my number is on the total because this is one that I purposely – stayed away because of what you said with Saquon Barkley. So my perfect metric total is 51.9, but that's a perfect situation. I usually take a couple points away from that. Um, so I, I guess that would make me lean towards that. I can see it, the, the total hitting at the very end, but they're going to use Saquon Barkley because the Vikings are, you know, pretty weak on defense and weak against the run and Barkley's gotten them this far. I, I think you're right. This, these would be the two teams I would fade, but unfortunately they're playing each other, right? <laughs> so it put us in that situation where, um, you know, we can't fade. We have to fade one of them or nothing. I actually took the Giants in this, and there's a couple reasons why. First of all, I think the coach is better right now. I think Dayball is a great coach. He's been backdooring the heck out of some people. Um, I think that uh, uh, the Vikings kind of got there based on talent. But now they have some serious offensive line woes. If you look at the injury report, there's two or three guys that are out. Now, it didn't show up against the Bears because the Bears have – some of the guys that play for the Bears shouldn't even be in the NFL that are starting. And I hate to say that as a Bears fan, but I'm happy about our number one pick. But um, Saquon Barkley and the Giants, 4.9 yards per rush. Daniel Jones has figured out. He kind of took that Josh Allen role when Dayball was with the Bills and started running the ball more. You know, a Daniel Jones rushing prop, probably not the worst look in this situation as well. Um, when pressure's on Kirk Cousins, I've seen him act, and it's not good. You know, he he, he tends, to, tends to screw up. I almost want the Vikings to be leading this game because that's when they crumble. <laughs> you know, uh, the Vikings can never hold on to a lead, but also, when they're down by a lot, they always seem to come back. They're just those weird teams that likes to win games by one score. Both of these teams are minus 0.4 yards per play, Kyle. No difference on that. Minnesota's weakness is also against the pass at 7.3 yards per attempt. They allow 4.5 yards per rush. They're a beat up offensive line. I like the Giants. I took them at plus three. I think that there's going to be more sharp money coming on. I don't think the public's going to push this up uh, as much as the money coming in on the Giants. So I like the Giants at plus three. I played it for a small play of 1.5 stars. And I could see this going to two and a half, so it's not the worst teaser leg either. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I would take the Giants for nothing here in this game. And uh, Kiev, real quick, do you think the, the Bears will trade away that number one pick? I hope so. Um, yeah. Because why would you pick Williams? You have way too much capital and – I mean, you got Ursay already showing his hand by saying, we're going to do whatever it takes to get a good. Right. Like, I, mean, I mean, this is the Colts organization. It's just terrible. You got terrible organizations all over the place. The Bears are going to get, uh, they can get Carter or they can get Williams from uh, Alabama if they go down to four or five. 
you know, probably four is a little bit more safe. You got Seattle over there. Does Seattle really want a quarterback? I hope not. I kind of like what Geno did this year. But um, saying that Bryce Young is good or better than Justin Fields is absolute tomfoolery right now because you don't know that. Bryce Young is six feet tall. Fields is six three. Fields is faster than Bryce Young. You know, if you saw Fields run the ball, no one can catch the guy. He's an amazing athlete. And if you can just get his passing fixed a little bit, we don't know what he is. So right now the upside on Fields still higher than Young just from what he did last year because the new NFL has to do with quarterbacks running, sliding, being safe, not taking hits. You know, if they can get the money around Justin Fields, I think that's fine. You trade down for sure in that pick, and you get a King's Ransom for it. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, uh, obviously, some talk about C.J. Stroud, him being a taller quarterback and a, more of a pocket passer. Uh, the, the Bears have to stick with Justin Fields and put some good players around him. He hasn't really had a fair shot at this point, but he looked pretty good given the situation. And not only that, you can try to grab a guy in the fourth or fifth. Now, I know everyone hates on Stetson Bennett. He's the same height as Bryce Young. and But the dude's a winner. I mean, let him – Bring him out of your practice squad. Uh, do something. You know, get a couple potential, uh, you know, insurance policies in case Fields doesn't turn out. Maybe that guy's going to turn out. You know, it's kind of like you saw with Brock Purdy this year, like you saw with Bryce Young, right? So, um, yeah, and uh, there's some agreement here from some of the listeners. Uh, Anoop says, I'd rather have Hurts than Bryce Young. Of course, I, I'd way rather have Hurts than Bryce Young right now. Look how he turned out, you know. In Alabama, he lost his job to Tua. You know, he had to go to Oklahoma. Look how Hurts turned out. Just absolutely wonderful. That's the new NFL, a quarterback that can give, you know, slide out of the pocket to the right like Mahomes does, gets your receivers extra time. And then when the linebacker darts towards you, you toss it to the tight end. That's exactly how to play football these days anyway. Agree. I think it's a it's a good setup for the Bears. Somehow the Texans blew it enough to to let the Bears get that top pick. That's what you love about bad organizations. They make stupid. I mean, you, you don't let Lovey coach that last week. What are you doing? Crazy. You don't need to do that. Let's move on to a much less important game: the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing an eight and a half here. So I love that. So I teased Jacksonville for my clients, uh, Brown to plus eight and a half with when the Bengals was minus seven because I sniffed out this Lamar stuff a while ago. I even took the Bengals at minus five and a half earlier this week. I, as soon as I did that, it went to six and a half and I had to give it away at six and a half. But I like where I'm sitting here. But I still like the Bengals in a teaser leg if you can find it below the nine, just like you see on Bet Fred Sports right here. I mean, there's just so many bad things going for the Ravens right now. And if you think that it's only injury-related, you're probably watching the wrong things on TV. There's some issues in the back office there. There's issues with the players and what their mindsets are. Um, now, Baltimore, if they want to be in this game, they're going to have to ugly it up. They're going to have to have Roquan running wild. Um, they're going to have to run the ball, run the ball, and be able to run it. But, I mean, if the Bengals are smart, they should expect that and stack the box, and they should be able to get out of this game quickly like they did last week. You know, all those garbage points that happened at the end, the Bengals had them down because Brown was throwing quarterbacks. Now, I don't know if it's Tyler Huntley yet, Kyle, and you know Harbaugh's shutting his mouth. I guess it will be Tyler Huntley. But I do have an issue with the one thing with the Bengals. 
And that is a couple injuries that they have. Um, I know that they had lost uh, Lyle Collins uh, earlier this year, and it wasn't even that long ago. But now they're playing without their guard and Alex Kappa. So I was going to ask you, Kyle, what your thoughts on that. I mean, it's not like Burrow is played with good offensive line, especially last year when his offensive line was terrible. But is that enough to keep this thing out of double digits? So I'm going to ask you that question. Yeah, I mean, uh, even without those two guys, the Bengals' offensive line's better than last year. Now, that is not saying much because we saw how bad their offensive line was last year. If they just had a decent offensive line, they would have won the Super Bowl last year. Um, kind of agree with the noob that uh, playoff Burrow is really good. Uh, Burrow in general is really good. I mean, I think you can only list uh, Patrick Mahomes is better than him. Some people would say Josh Allen, but Burrow's really good. Uh, good pocket presence, such an accurate uh, football uh, that he throws out there every time. I, I think that the Bengals upside is a bit limited, especially by Kappa being gone. Kiev, I think Kappa is, has been the most consistent offensive lineman for the Bengals throughout the course of the season. Um, so, yeah, I definitely hate to see that. Um, uh, on this game specifically, Baltimore's defense is good. Um, Kiev is frozen here, so I, I don't know if Kiev is, is still here or not. I'm just going to keep talking, and hopefully that will work itself out. But um, the Bengals up against a Ravens defense that I think is well-coached and very talented. Roquan Smith has really helped them a lot. I think the Ravens can do enough to slow down the Bengals offense here. The question is how many points can the uh, Ravens score in this one? Because uh, this is a Ravens offense that with Tyler Huntley is not very good. And with uh, Anthony Brown is really bad. Uh, I think Huntley will probably be the starter here, but I would keep an eye on that because I do think there's a pretty big drop off from uh, Huntley down to Anthony Brown. So in this one, um, I would take, the Bengals in a teaser as well. Uh, Kiev's going to hop back in here in a minute, I believe. Uh, but I, I think uh, Anoop's asking if Higgins can have a big game. I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Higgins didn't have that good of a game last week. Uh, Burrow missed him on a deep pass, and then Higgins dropped a deep ball. Um, I'd be curious what kind of player prop line you, you see on Higgins. So Anoop, if you see something, uh, drop that in the chat. But I do think Higgins, Higgins is a second number one receiver really for the Bengals for most teams he'd be the number one I think the Bengals defense is still underrated by many people Anna Rumo is a really good defensive mind Logan Wilson's a great linebacker a DJ reader is a major run stuffer in the middle a very good player um, underrated by many people so I like the Bengals a lot in a teaser here getting it down from eight and a half to two and a half um, I don't want to bet minus eight and a half uh, I do want to bet the teaser. Kiev's back, so welcome back, Kiev. Um, I don't know. I took a I, drink of my soda, and all of a sudden, I disappear. What the heck is going on? I know. I think we, I think we saw you frozen there with your, with your drink of soda, and I, I was like, all right, we'll just keep this rolling. But fortunately, we're talking about the all this burrow talk, talk about. My <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So I was just saying that I totally agree with you. I wouldn't want to bet minus eight and a half, but I really like the teaser quite a bit. I think yeah, eight and a half down to two and a half is a great teaser leg. And I'll tell you which one I, I put it in a teaser with when we get to that game. But uh, I think that the Bengals are in a good spot to win this game. I think it could be low scoring. The other thing that's good about a teaser here, Kiev, is such a low total. You know, if you can get through seven and three with a total set at, what, 40 and a half, I believe. So 
Uh, you see a total like that. You want to tease it through those key numbers. I think this is a tremendous teaser leg. Completely agree. And it's very low total, 40.5. You know, this tells me that it could be a blowout. Maybe a Ravens team total under is something you yeah. want to look at as well, because I don't see them scoring many points in here. Um, I would wonder where that team total would be at. I would say maybe 13 or so, 12 and a half, something like that. I'm going to I'm gonna look while we're talking here on this one. I see Jason right. also uh, asked about a Dobbins under on rushing. I, I'm afraid oh, no, the Ravens... Yeah, I'm afraid that they'll run a lot here. So. I think that's their only path to victory, and he can break one. I, I would uh, – no, I don't like that under at all. Um, yeah, I think I, um, in a game like this, I think that's really tricky because the Ravens want to stall, keep Burrow and the offense off the field. Um, so if they can at all, they're going to try to run. Like I said, DJ Reader is a really good run stuffer, so I don't know if they can have a lot of success running, but they're going to try um, as far as – this game for the team total, um, yeah, I think it would be uh, – what is what is this spread? It's eight and a half. So doing the math in my head here really quick, you have uh, – what would it be, 16 and a half or something like that, 16? Well, well, that would be 24 to 16, right? Yeah, so about 16. That would be 40. So that that's a high total. I would I would definitely lean under. I would, I would, I would assume that it's going to be juiced here. If that's the case, um, to the team total under now a lot now some some have team totals up, um, some actually do not have team totals quite yet. So um, I'll just kind of look at a few other books here to see what's out there. Let's move on to Tampa Bay versus the the Dallas Cowboys are hosting a playoff game. Can you believe this Tampa team, garbage Tampa Bay team this year hosting a playoff game? Man, I am so upset with my uh, plus five hundred whatever I had. Uh, Saints to win that division. I think Saints were the better team that just completely choked that game away. That game doesn't happen. They were probably the ones uh, winning this thing. So that really bugged me. But um, you got, you know, Tampa, and you know about TB12. He's a playoff guru. I'm going to let you get started with this one, Kyle, while I look up this team total. Well, if you have watched Tampa Bay enough this year, then you, what you should probably do is bet Tampa Bay live once they're losing in this game. And they, in the fourth quarter, all at once Tom Brady and Tampa Bay can move the ball when they couldn't the rest of the game. Um, I would want to bet Tampa Bay. I thought it would be bigger than two and a half. Now I know it was three and went down to two and a half. I don't trust the, the uh, Cowboys. I don't know that the Cowboys are as good as uh, a lot of people think are as good as Jerry Jones thinks. Um, you know, I think the Cowboys are, are a decent team, but we've seen them uh, with some pretty big flaws here at the end of the season. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott is bad, but, you know, he's not in the very upper echelon of quarterbacks either. Um, I think Tampa Bay's defense has gotten healthier, and I do think Tampa Bay has some upside. They might not have shown it this year, but it's out there. I would, I would lean Tampa Bay in this game, and I'll tell you, um, I put Tampa Bay in a teaser with the Bengals. Uh, and tease them up to the eight and a half and the, and the Bengals uh, down to two and a half. So uh, I think that's really a good six point teaser is putting Tampa Bay, uh, moving them up the six points with the Bengals. Yeah, I have a big problem with this game. I have so many issues. Now, metrically, the Cowboys are favored by four or five points, just straight metrics from what they did this year. But this is Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. This is Tampa when they're finally more healthy. They're still a little suspect on the offensive line. There's a few guys banged up. I went over that on the podcast earlier this week. 
But, um, you know, I think the Shaq Barrett loss really hurts them. Their pass rush shows that it's still top four or five in the league. I'm not buying that. I, I think that was just because they were in the NFC South playing Carolina and Atlanta twice and the Saints against Andy Dalton. I think that's why more than anything. Um, so that really hurts them. The problem about the scheme is that the scheme that Tampa runs is a lot better against teams like the Cowboys. When the Cowboys ball hawk, they have to wait for plays to develop and guys like Diggs, like uh, – their safeties, they kind of, you know, jump up and jump those routes. Well, what Tampa Bay does is they get the ball out of their hands quick and let the players make plays or they go deep. It's kind of like I compared early in the podcast, like uh, a good NCAA team, they score at the rim or they shoot threes. Well, Tampa Bay will keep your defense honest by throwing deep to Godwin, deep to Julio Jones, deep to Air Evans, as we saw last week. They'll ignore the middle of the field, and then they'll uh, do those short, just quick, developed plays as you're running full speed. Tom Brady is the best quarterback I've ever seen in doing that. He's done it to Gronk so many times. So the scheme way uh, really favors them. Another thing that favors the Cowboys is <laughs> Rolstad, the, the away official. He's the worst away official. Um, we're the best if you bet away teams. 58%, I think, is against the spread for Rolstad. And um, he he does – and I looked at his points. He averages more points for away teams, so that concerns me. I Either way, I think all these things kind of mix up, and I think it's a close game. I mean, you don't fade a team because they looked bad the week before. It, you know, that's almost the time to get on a team. Like, Dallas looked terrible. But they've also looked kind of bad for a few weeks. You know, the Titans game. Uh, I mean, what was Dak doing against a second string, throwing picks like that? I had to wait to the very end to cover my minus nine and a half on the Cowboys. That thing closed at 14, and it ended up pushing for people that got that Titans-Cowboys uh, game late. So um, I think it's a close game. I think it's a wonderful teaser leg. But I also think that you're going to see more money coming in on Dallas, Kyle. I think that um, it's going to go to go down to pick – or sorry, not Dallas, on Tampa. I think this is going to go down to pick them. And um, so if you take your teaser leg right now, maybe split it a uh, half of that and try to go for a middle, do like a pick them on uh, Dallas, you know, come game time. You know, because all that Tom Brady money is going to come in by Monday night, being this is a standalone game, Kyle. Yeah, I think it'll come in more. I don't know if we get it all the way down to pick them. That'd be a pretty big move. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that gets. If it was um, minus two, you still get a six-point middle there. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. The the um, What do you think about the total in this game? 45 and a half. Both teams play relatively quickly, but I kind of lean to an under here. Um, I don't know. What do you think? First half under is the only way to go in this one because of what you just said about Tom Brady. He can score two to three touchdowns in the fourth quarter being down by uh, 14 to 20 points and uh, make this a, a big game of it. So I would say first half under is definitely a strong lean for me in this game. It's, it's, it does seem high it, holistically looking at it right now. Agree. All right, man. Well, I think we beat NFL to death right now. I'm still looking for this team total. I'm probably just – Looking in the wrong areas for some reason. I don't know why. I do I see. I do see a couple fifteen and a halves. So it looks okay. like fifteen and a half is kind of prevailing number. Um, still lean under. Don't know that I love it as much as I, I still think the Bengals in a teaser is my favorite from that game. If it's Brown, you better pound that fifteen and a half under. If it's Huntley, I still like it, but not as much, I guess. Um, but I, I, I think I kind of, you know, I, I think that what we said about the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay. I like that approach to the first half, and I definitely like this team total uh, for Baltimore under as well. So let's move on to some college basketball, Kyle. Uh, I've been dying to 
get into college basketball and uh, you know, it's finally here and I'm really happy about it. And we have some pretty big games, you know, coming up this weekend. Uh, you picked one that's very intriguing and I actually covered this uh, a little bit on the podcast. Thank you, Jason. A uh, great insight on all sides and games. So thank you, Jason Ramy, for uh, tuning in here. But you picked, I believe, TCU against Kansas State, correct? And this is a big game. Uh, I predict two and a half, minus two and a half for TCU, uh, but I don't know. Uh, usually we like to go by Ken Palm numbers in these situations. Kyle, what, is that fair? Yeah, I'm looking at a couple other numbers to see what I think this one will be at. Um, I'm seeing uh, probably two would be what TCU would be. I, I hope by. it's three. Yeah, me too. Um, so maybe we're on the same side because I'm looking at TCU in this game. Um, TCU has lost two in a row. They need something good to happen. I mean, based on the national championship game and then two losses in a row in basketball mm. where they were winning and then blew it at the end. I think they were ahead of Texas by – what uh 18 points in the second half or something and then they they blew that one um this is a tcu team that has played well for the course of the season overall they won at baylor um they've had some really good neutral site wins including a win over iowa which is looking better as i was playing better here lately i think kansas state has has been fantastic kansas state's talent level i don't think they're as high um as what they're playing right now i think they're probably near the peak of the market I think you have to give them a ton of credit for what they've done to this point. But do we really think that uh, Marquise Noel can keep scoring, you know, uh, 30 points every game, you know, 25, 30 points every game? Uh, if he does, then it's probably going to lose. Uh, you know, if he makes five or six threes like he's been making every game. But uh, Noel has been inconsistent in past years. He played for Little Rock a couple years ago. And then last year for Kansas State, he was 43 for 130 on three-pointers, 30.7%. Um, if he's become a 50% shooter like he has here in the last few games, then good for him. Um, I, I have to take TCU as the side I would bet in this game. Uh, I think the situation sets up well as a circle the wagons type of game here for the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I think this nonsense for Kansas City has got to stop. Um, I mean, you got to love what uh, Jerome Tang has been doing yeah. over there. You know, I, I, I'm I'm a fan of him winning. And, uh, you know, a lot of these wins are kind of mid teams. So their record's not too bad. Uh, you know, it's not like they're in the 300s, like you, teams like Texas Tech, as Eric said on my show yesterday. Uh, you know, they had that nasty loss at Butler, as you can see. But, you know, I think they're catching teams by surprise. There's one thing that I love on Ken Palm that I want to bring up once again into the new year, and that's the luck factor here. And I think the luck factor is a great thing to look at. Kansas State ranks in the uh, top 20 in luck. Now, remember, there's 361, 62. I think the with 363rd team's not playing much, but there's 360-some college basketball teams, right? And uh, that's – if you're ranking the top 20 in anything, that is significant to what the rest of the league is doing, Right. So um, I think that's uh, important to look at. Kansas State, yeah, you know, they, they play a much faster pace than they have in the past, you know, with Tang. Obviously, with Bruce Weber, uh, certainly a lot slower. Just looking at some of the Bruce, Bruce Weber years, like 309th in adjusted possession length right here. So you can see the Bruce Weber years. They're playing a lot slower. So they definitely picked up the pace. Uh, TCU themselves. 
very fast team, ranking 30th in average possession line. This could be a shootout, Kyle. It's got the makings of the shootout, but what makes me want to bet TCU is for some of the things I said, I think they've had a harder schedule playing Iowa, playing Providence, playing Utah, playing Baylor, playing Iowa State. You know, they both play Texas, fine. But, you know, in my opinion, TCU's had a little bit harder. They had that. I watched that game Wednesday against Texas. They should have won that game. They were winning by double digits in the first half, and they just completely blew it. I think Jamie Dixon circles the wagons here. I like them all the way up to three. Anything more, I'm going to have to really uh, do a deeper dive. So I'm hoping that it's a two, like we said, Kyle. I think I think it's about a two because of how well uh, Kansas State's played lately. I think that uh, betters are going to want to take the team that's been uh, getting talked about favored favorably here lately. Um, Jerome Tang's done an amazing job, maybe the best coaching job in the country, certainly one of the best, but I think that Kansas State's getting a little bit overvalued. Yeah, and what about the total at 146? Uh, I think the total will be a little lower than 146 here. Um, It might get bet up, though, based on what's been happening lately in these two teams' games. TCU is playing much faster than they have been, too. If you look back a couple of years ago, remember TCU was a team that stalled consistently. Uh, they were in the 300s like three years ago, 200s a couple of years ago, even last year. Um, so TCU has picked up their pace a lot. I would want to bet an over if I was betting a total here in this game. So hopefully 144 and a half or 145. Yeah, let's not let's make them not make us spend an over in at 143-144. You <laughs> might be forced into this thing. Uh now it's uh it, it, I think there's complete agreement on this one. Let's move on to the next game. Uh I picked this game. Uh Baylor is hosting, I believe, Oklahoma State. It's funny to see Baylor in the past the top 20 mark. It's really interesting. They had a little skid here. Uh this is predicting about us a, a four-point spread at home against Oklahoma State. So another team that I think is a little bit fraudulent is Oklahoma State. You know, they're ranked 30th on Ken Palm. Why is that? You know, who is who did they beat, Kyle? Uh, West Virginia at home? Yeah, not that impressed, you know. They lose at home to Texas, who kind of leaks oil with that no-coach situation and uh, lose by 10. They lost to Kansas State, which we already sniffed out a little bit. They played tough at Kansas. I don't think Kansas had their best game at all. But a lot of these wins are just a little bit more fraudulent to me. A lot of these in the 200. Sam Houston State is 86 somehow. So I think this is a, a perfect situation for Baylor because what a lot of people may not factor in looking at this for Baylor is a lot of those guys haven't played full schedules. You know, L.J. Cryer. You know, L.J. Cryer just came back. You know, L.J. Cryer had a couple games that he missed here. Uh, he uh, even missed the Tarleton game, but I think this was, you know, affected them a little bit. When he came back, he was a little bit rusty when he played TCU, and they kind of got jumped there. I'm not even sure if Flagler played the uh, full. No, he missed. He missed a couple games themselves. That, and I think you know some of their two best players here, especially when they're guards. You know, they're hurting some of the numbers here for TCU. That's very important to look at, or sorry for Baylor, and, and, and it's something I'm going to consider. One thing that I like about Baylor is, uh, you know, they've always in the past have been a very strong home team, and they've always covered. Uh, very well. So, um, you know, I'm looking at Baylor here. I think that, you know, this could be one of those beatdowns. Haslametrics even has it, uh, Oklahoma State, a higher team. So I think that, that you're going to get a below five-point spread. Um, but, you know, just looking at what I know about Baylor, um, they're away home court advantage, 51st. They're better at home. Uh, you know, they don't have the momentum right now because of the injuries, but they certainly 
have the uh, some good record quality and a you know a very solid team. So you can't go away from Baylor. I'm taking Baylor. Kiev, yeah, I'm finding this one really interesting. I see Ken Palm has four. Uh, Bart Torvik has 2.9 for Baylor and then has the metrics with uh, like a 1.2 lead for, for Baylor. Man, I hope this line is shorter than that four that KP has because I would want to take Baylor. Uh, if we see something like three or less, I definitely have to bet Baylor in this game. I, I kind of think that won't happen. Um, it, it would surprise me if we can get Baylor at three, three and a half. Uh, probably a four and a half point line, maybe something like that would be my guess. Um, if that's the case, I might pass. Um, I definitely lean Baylor uh, regardless. I think that Oklahoma State is overvalued at this point. Oklahoma State uh, went on the road and beat Wichita State. I think there's a pretty big difference between beating Wichita State on the road and going to Baylor and winning. Uh, yeah. Baylor's Baylor's talent level is just so much higher. Baylor's really good on offense, you know, eighth in efficiency on offense, eighth in offensive rebounding. And Oklahoma State's not a very good defensive rebounding team. So I think Baylor will get plenty of shots in this game. The other thing is uh, Baylor turns people over quite a bit. And Oklahoma State has no real good point guard that's that's a good ball handler. They're 335th in turnover percentage on offense. So we agree on both of these. Um, depending on what the line is, I might not be betting Baylor, but that that would be the only side I could take here. No, without a doubt, man. So let's go hodgepodge a little bit here. Um, let me pull up the uh, Haslametrics, being that it's so nice to be able to fast forward to Saturday. And you know, he's got his lines on these games. Um, we can take a look at Ken Palm and the other sites to kind of see what they were going. Um, this game intrigues me a little bit, this St. Mary's versus San Francisco. I've always loved the Dons, and St. Mary's, I feel like they've they've gotten a little bit overvalued themselves. Um, I, I like to see where they are in the luck factor here. Uh, they're not popping up here. I mean, they're a solid team. You know, don't get me wrong. They played some very good defense. Um, the guys have, are very experienced on St. Mary's, but you're probably looking at a 10-point away spread. Um, have you done much with uh, St. Mary's or uh, anything in the West Coast or Western Athletic Conference this year, Kyle? Uh, not very much. Uh, San Francisco coming off a tough loss there against Portland last night. They came back from behind, then lost at the end of the game, 92-87. San Francisco has not played very well lately. They've lost four of their last five. Randy Bennett's a fantastic coach. That's that's the biggest takeaway I have from St. Mary's is he is such a good coach. He does a good job with that team. I'm looking to see. I see Ken Palm has seven. Um, Bart Torvik has eight in this game. So that's probably about – it's probably going to be about eight in this game as far as uh, St. Mary's. Um, having said that, San Francisco has a great home court advantage, and I think the only side I could take would be San Francisco – I like unders in St. Mary's games because of how good they are at controlling the the tempo of the game. And uh, 133 is what Ken Palm has. If we get a mid-130s, then I would I would lean under. Yeah, why not lean under? Because, you know, what you're seeing in San Francisco, a lot of the teams that they play have ran against them. you got Santa Clara, you got your Gonzagas, you know, you got your teams that play quite fast, Utah State. So that's why the uh, on defense, the average possession length is quick. And sometimes it's because you play bad defense, Kyle. But what you do see on offense is a slower pace of play on San Francisco. So that throws this adjusted tempo off a little bit, that, that shades it towards the under a little bit. And then, you, of course, you have St. Mary's that ranks 355th in adjusted tempo. I did get burned 
in the second half yesterday against Loyola Marymount. But I can't disagree with you. If this is going to be 133, 134, I can see myself looking more towards the under. You know, this could be a spot where, you know, St. Mary's could be a little flat. I mean, they, they ripped off uh, six nice wins in a row here. You know, so um, no disagreement there. But there's not anything perfectly in the metrics that tell me that San Francisco has an advantage. I do like Khalil Shabazz. You know, he's been there a while. He's played there a while, you know. Um, looks like they had some injuries here as well. You can see in the red some of these guys. So definitely got to check the injury report. Uh, San Francisco takes a ton of three-pointers. They rank fourth in three-point attempts. Uh, you know, so St. Mary's pretty good in defense against the three. They rank 45th. So I expect that to be shut down, probably which would lean towards the under again, one it, Kyle. Yeah, I would think so. I, I think that this should be a fun game. Uh, Kiev, can I bring one up here for you? Yes, please. All right, so Wisconsin and Indiana, not just because you're a Wisconsin fan, but both of these teams have had a lot of injuries lately. Indiana has really fallen off badly. Um, Wisconsin with a tough loss there against Michigan State, but Indiana's been blown out uh, there by Penn State. Indiana minus five is what Ken Palm has in this one. Uh, what do you what do you think about this game? It's all about Wally. Is Tyler Wall going to be healthy? Um, I don't know. He is their best player, and it's not close. You know, they're trying their best with guys like Crawl, you know, uh, Klesmit. Uh, it, it, they just can't do what Wall's been doing. Wall literally keeps them in the game. And me as a Badger alumni fan, I, I, I'm pretty bummed out. It was an ankle roll. I don't think it's a high ankle sprain, but, you know, in college hoops, you know, they keep that stuff quiet. They were beating Illinois for a little bit, and they got dominated. And then Michigan State, this game was just ugly, ugly, ugly. It was a, it was one of the most ugliest games. Um, Chucky Hepburn's been a good point guard. He needs to take over more often. Um, he does shoot a great three-point percentage at 48.5, Kyle. Uh, Indiana's been leaking oil themselves. They've been so injured. And guys like Xavier Johnson and Ray Thompson – uh, were massive to this. You know, it's, I, I saw this game against Penn State. I saw just Penn State just dominate and do whatever they wanted with them. You know, I think that's massive. Um, Wisconsin it, it should be able to win this game easily if Tyler Wall is playing, but that is a massive thing for me. If it's still a five-point spread with the way Indiana's been leaking oil, Kyle, man, I, I still would probably lean Wisconsin even without him. You know, one guy that I really like is Connor Asigian right here. He, uh, some people say Asigian. I, I think it's Asigian, actually. He's been – he's a freshman. He, the kid's got a ton of heart. He's been going in there and playing great. Look at his three-point percentage, 45.6%. You know, so he's been wonderful at shooting three and just been a great kind of sixth man coming in. I hope Max Klesman shows up a little bit more. Jordan Davis is no Johnny Davis, all right? That's the twin brother, and the twin brother is stuck still in college because he is nowhere near. He's not going to be as good as Johnny Davis. He's uh, For some reason, he didn't get the good genes, I guess, uh, when, when they were ha getting handed out before he popped out of the womb. So, unfortunately, I, I do love Wisconsin here just because Indiana has uh, been so overrated throughout the year. And uh, it's the same Indiana. You got Mike Woodson here, you know, completely crumble in the Big Ten regular schedule, look good in the offseason, and miss the NCAA tournament. That's what Indiana's been showing us, Kyle. 
Yeah, I don't trust Woodson very much at all. So my my look was uh, Wisconsin in that game as well. If I can get that many points, uh, that would be my lean there. Let me bring up a a uh, under the radar game, Kiev. I hope it's not Kentucky it. Tennessee. Please, uh, please don't make me talk about Kentucky again. No, 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 no Kentucky Tennessee. Uh, that's going to be a big spread. Tennessee is going to be favored by quite a bit. And uh, man, Kentucky, they've got to be better than this. But I want to say North Texas and Florida Atlantic. So Florida Atlantic has been fantastic. How do they 15 and one? I think 15 and one. Yeah. They just come off a win in overtime at FIU. North Texas, very well coached team. Grant McCaslin's excellent. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country. North Texas is going to play their style and they're going to make you play slow. You're not going to speed them up. 363rd in tempo. I like betting unders with North Texas. They've gotten very low lately. The first game between these two. Florida Atlantic won at North Texas, 50 to 46. Uh, Ken Palm's suggesting this will be minus five for Florida Atlantic. I kind of think North Texas plus the points could be a good play, um, especially because I think under is a decent play of, in general in North Texas games. So uh, I'm curious if you have any thought here on this Conference USA showdown. Absolutely. Um, I mean, North Texas burned me once this year. I forgot. I think they're just playing such a bad team that they just found it too easy to score. I, I can't remember which one. It was probably like a November, December game at some point. But, um, you know, North Texas is pretty decent as an away team, ranking 143rd. Uh, the, yeah, the pace dead last. I mean, they if they could extend the shot clock by 10 seconds, they would, you know. <laughs> it's great to, it's great to uh, have a slow uh, pace if you can uh, hit some shots. So I think that's really important to look at here. Um, North Texas doesn't hit a lot of shots, though. And so that's why you're going to see, you know, Florida Atlantic uh, being a little bit favored in this game. Haslametrics has uh, Florida Atlantic by uh, four point, you know, roughly two points. So, you know, it, that's that's the reason. But you also have to say that Florida Atlantic's defense has been, you know, pretty good, at least uh, ranking seventh in near proximity. On defense, they rank 63rd in uh, field goal percentage in general. But I also see, you know, they haven't played a lot of teams. When they played FIU, I had the um, – or when FIU played FIU, Florida International, I took the team total over for FIU because I wasn't sure about the spread. But FIU played a just great defense there. And I lost, it went to overtime, and I still lost it by one point. It was, it was 78, Kyle, and I was shocked. I was like, what is wrong with Florida Atlantic here? So I almost think that Florida Atlantic might be one of those teams that be a little bit fraudulent themselves. You know, maybe they uh, uh, rank a little bit high in the luck factor. I don't know where they stand here. Uh, North Texas, unfortunately, is kind of high in the luck factor too. So, you know, you're looking at these two teams. One really slows it down. Uh, the other team – plays a little bit faster, but they also play good defense. You're going to get a low total, so I don't have an opinion, unfortunately, on the side here. I will tell you, uh, Shot Quality, a site that both of us love, um, has Florida Atlantic as the 13th luckiest team, according to their uh, luck so far this year, uh, record luck. So I do think Florida Atlantic is a good team. I think they're overvalued at this point. Now the question is, do you want to take North Texas here? I think you want to get at least five points. Five points is a pretty common uh, spread number, too, as far as what a game lands on. So um, if if it's five or more, I lean North Texas. Also lean the under. 
Um, so I just think that's a pretty good under the radar game that we always like to bring up. Well, for sure, Kyle. Um, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful games this weekend, and you and I are going to do our deep dives on uh, Friday night and be up oh, yeah. nice and late trying to figure this all out. But um, I think we covered enough games for the weekend. Now it's going to now this is the hard part. Um, <laughs> most likely, dog to win outright. So let I, I think I know what you're going to pick. Um, and let's do let's bring it down to two and a half. So why don't you go first? I'm going to take Tampa Bay here against Dallas. I mean, you can take either Jacksonville or Tampa Bay in that situation. I'll give you a bonus here because I was thinking about a college basketball team that would be a dog that I think could win outright. Um, I'll take West Virginia against Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming off that really tough loss at Kansas. They were they should have won the game. They didn't win. I think that's a tough spot for them now. So I think West Virginia could win outright. And I like Tampa Bay. I just think that Dallas has proven to not have the playoff pedigree too many times. And uh, up against Tom Brady in that defense, I, I would have to take Tampa Bay. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the interesting thing about West Virginia is they're number 12th in away home court. You know, they're away in this game, so they rank 12th. They're a very good away team. Um, uh, Oklahoma only ranks 330th as a, as a home team, so – I love that. That's that's not a bad look at all. It's only going to be about a three and a half point spread too. So you probably nailed it right there. You know, there he goes, right in front of your face. Um, uh, I don't have anything for basketball. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at the plus two and a half. And you're, I mean, what are you going to get? Plus uh, 125, 130, something like that. Um, you know, I mean, Jacksonville, uh, they beat the Chargers 32 to 10, the first meeting. You know, they went to uh, LA and just beat the crap out of them. This was the third game of the season, but I at least have the coach um, with this team that's been in the playoffs and won a Super Bowl. He's got pedigree. He knows how to motivate this team. We have a very bad coach on the side of the Chargers. Uh, I see this happening. It's at plus 120, plus 125 right now. Maybe you parlay that with Tampa, uh, and uh, <laughs> you go. You can get your bigger dog right going on. Like that, so uh, those are our, our our dogs most likely to win out. Kyle, anything else we need to cover? No, I think we covered a lot here. Uh, you know, we got covered a lot of ground here in the past hour. So I hope everybody has uh, uh, thought that we created uh, gave you some value here today. Uh, like Kiev said, big night coming up. Going to get a little extra caffeine here this evening and uh, get fired up for Kiev. I think tonight. Uh, tomorrow is the biggest slate of college basketball games there's been so far. So just a, a massive uh, list of games for tomorrow. So get ready for that. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can check out my work at huntersportspicks.com. Uh, had a great college football season. Uh, now the focus is on college basketball, the NFL, 61% the NFL so far this year. So it's been a great football season. I have a play up for Saturday in the NFL. I'll have plenty of plays up for Saturday in college basketball, certainly. So uh, you can check out that and sign up for the free picks newsletter as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Hunter Picks. Yeah, Kyle's on us on the icebreakers.com, basketball package, yearly package, anything you need. At myself, uh, I was 62% last year during March Madness. Uh, it was a wonderful, nice little run there. Uh, college basketball is heating back up 2-1 and one last night. Um, I'm actually a little bit down, to be honest with you, in college basketball, so I want to be forthright about that. But uh, this is the time that I usually bring myself back up uh, now that I'm understanding these teams and very excited for a big weekend. And you can get my subscriptions or just our free plays at theodsbreakers.com. We have great handicappers. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show or watching the show. If uh, 
you have any questions for us, you know, you know, you know, our Twitter handles, you can also email us and uh, let us know some topics that you would like us to cover in the future. Everyone enjoy the rest of the weekend and go get some winners. Thank you for watching Better Odds Sports Betting.